0: There we go yeah I got into fitness in terms of uh working in fitness about 12 years ago and um even even such a short time like that back then it was health and well-being was fitness how much intensity are you able to rail through your body you know how much weight are you able to pick up how how much you play sport or how much you run a week and you you know that's all fine and dandy and it's great and it, it helps a lot of folk out there and you know, and I would say we need to move our body in some capacity, right? We are bound to this mortal thing that we call a body And we probably need to look after it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the only way, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that always has a lot of questions and questions usually reflect back to me of, in terms of my own bias. I'd be like, well, why do you, why do you think that? And you only think that because of such and such environment because of such and such experience right and it's like well what happens if those two were changed you know somebody else had a different environment a different experience I was like well you'd think something completely different right like, well yeah logical would dictate that would be the case I'm like great we'll talk to people who have had those two differences and see what see what they think
1: yeah I know I completely agree I think So both of my parents have always been incredibly active. My mom is a personal trainer. My dad is a basketball coach and an athletic director. So I grew up in this environment of exercise and wellness and fitness. And my parents are incredible. Um, But I think that they they were born in a different time. They lived in a different time where, like you were saying, it was very, like, fitness-based and, like, You know what can I look like? What can I? How strong can I get? All that like weight and whatnot. And so, I think, obviously, they never meant anything by it, and like they were just trying to teach me what they knew was best, and like being active and eating right and all of this stuff. And I think, in high school, I had a really bad perspective toward fitness to where it became unhealthy to an extent because. I was very orthorexic, which is different than anorexia in a sense that, like, I wasn't starving myself, but I would only eat incredibly, and I'm quoting, clean, raw foods. Like, I had to know the calories, I had to know everything about it, which became incredibly exhausting mentally to, like, constantly be calculating what's going in my body. And then then I would spend two hours in a traditional gym where I'm on the elliptical, on the treadmill or running. Sorry, my roommate's dog barks Wait, at everything. It's all right.
0: Don't <laughs> let him do this and, thing.
1: Yeah. So I like had this perspective of of exercise where I spent hours in the gym. I'm like tiring myself out and then I'm exhausted to do anything else. Like I'm not passionate about anything else because all of my focus, all of my energy is going into like being – skinny and eating clean quotes and working out and so it wasn't until i found yoga where i really started to understand wellness as a whole and like seeing it as a celebration of my body like this is not i don't even consider yoga like a workout And um, you won't catch me in a gym anymore. I don't have anything against gyms. And I think they're awesome. Mm. Uh, But for me personally, I'm aware of my personality. And so for me, like I've... And I think, you know, moving away from home helped with this too, because I kind of got an opportunity to create my own perspective and my own beliefs and views toward wellness. And so, yeah, I've just... I do yoga, I take my dog for walks, and I eat when I'm hungry. So mm. that's been my new thing.
0: <laughs> what what was it about yoga that initially attracted you to the practice? Uh,
1: yeah, that's a great question. I think I'm very I'm a very creative person. I've always been a little more artsy than not. So I I I saw that you write poetry. I'm a big um avid reader of poetry avid writer of poetry um so I've always loved that and I think and I'm also a crazy music junkie so between music music feels like poetry poetry is poetry yoga feels like a physical form of poetry it's like the poetry of movement to me and I feel like there's a melody in the movement and I don't know, I think there, there's something just so wholesome about it, about like, about the movements. And I don't know, it, it feels like a dance. It feels like there's constantly something to learn. And then there's also the spiritual aspect. And I grew up um, in a Christian, Southern Christian environment. So I've had this foundation of spirituality and I don't necessarily align with, Real like religion in a sense anymore, but I do very much still believe in in a divine in a god, and so having yoga kind of be a catalyst toward like my spiritual journey as well. I feel like when I practice yoga, which now I feel like I'm always practicing yoga because yoga is a lifestyle. It's like mental, physical, and spiritual health, just all tied into one beautiful package. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of where i can explain with words my draw toward yoga but then i think there's a lot to it that i can't put into a sentence because it's a feeling and it's a feeling so strong and so powerful so full of energy that there's just not like words to describe it
0: yeah i think uh i think about communication a lot right and i think a lot is lost through our obsession through words whether mm-hmm. it's written or verbal it doesn't really matter right like I think to try and encapsulate the whole human experience in these couple of letters just put in a specific mm-hmm. order and written down on a page or came out of my mouth right it's it's a bit fragile you know mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it, it encapsulates everything that we're trying to express and I think we've got to be able to tap into another way of seeing people rather than waiting, waiting to hear them. You know, it's like, no, no, let's, let's see people in front of you. Let's kind of see how they want to show up in the world and hear the tone in the voice rather than the initial words or stuff like that. Right. And it all gets into that creativity point. And I think more people need to, especially, in academia right i think we need to do a better job of saying creativity is not for the the weird people right, right. Es- especially <laughs> especially in blokes right oh smashing the mic especially in blokes you know it's like oh the only way you can show creativity of yourself is through aggression on a on a, on a football pitch or rugby pitch or in a swimming pool or boxing ring or something right in the weight room and then ladies can only do it in the art scene or whatever. It's like no, they can they can intertwine. You know, it's a yeah,
1: role. Can be creative what you choose to do. And um there's a really cool line in the, the Prophet, the book that I was mentioning to you before, hmm. uh about how and it, it ties into religion, but I think that we can also spin it toward creativity. But in a sense, like religion for me, like my spirituality is, are the choices that I make every day and like how I live my daily life. And I think the same can be applied to creativity. It's like, it doesn't just have to be in an artistic sense. It's, it's how you choose to live your life. Like, are you living creatively? Are you following what your heart and your gut is telling you rather than the world and its influences? And I'm so, I'm kind of right in the middle of this, like, weird and wild and beautiful spiritual awakening or just individual awakening where i'm really kind of letting go and unlearning everything that i grew up thinking was the right way to do things or the right way to live or the right way to be and i'm starting to question everything and like what is true what is right is is truth even real or is it just the way that i perceive it and Um, kind of I think that is how you live a creative life is allowing yourself to let go of these chains that you've lived in Mm -hmm. for so long and becoming aware to what feels right and true and beautiful for you personally.
0: Do You think that's Um, uncovering who you were always meant to be or do you think that's creating someone completely different?
1: That's a fantastic question and I don't think I've ever thought about it that specifically before. Um, Yeah, that's an incredible question. Um, I like, this is kind of my my spiritual side leaning and granted I may change this answer tomorrow but current moment right now I think it's uncovering who you are meant to be because I do I do believe that each one of us were however we were created however you believe that we were created were created for a purpose and maybe that purpose isn't as like grand and you know honorable as we would want it to be maybe it's just to exist and to have this human experience but I think we were created with intention because especially as a yoga teacher I'm like everything begins with intention everything in the universe begins with intention so we were created for this specific purpose but then you I i I But then I like am contradicting myself when I'm saying this is that like, I think in order to live a creative life, like you do have this like free will Mm. to invent this version of you. But then maybe that invention is what you were always meant to do. Mm. So maybe I don't have an answer for the question. Um, (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's like a beautiful combination of both.
0: I think that's helpful.
1: What do you think? I'd like to know your thoughts on it.
0: Mm. I don't know, man, because I don't know whether I believe in fate. Okay. You know, um, in a way I do, but then if, you know, we subscribe to the school of thought of everything is already set out, everything is, is pre-set right. and you're just following along blindly. I was like, I don't believe that. But okay. I do believe there are some sort of signposts. You know um and for a long time I did believe that like you know the end point for everybody is already set in so installed and I would say 95 percent of me still believes that you know okay. um because I came up with a concept of um uh, last task right uh which essentially like when you're born you're all given a set of tasks and when you complete the last one you're taken away. You basically die, you know. Um, and our whole life's life's goal is to pretty much try and find those tasks and complete them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, like uh, my gramps um, was pretty pretty Christian, um, and uh, he believed that this world was purgatory.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: yeah, he had a bit of a he had a bit of a left field belief. He was a fucking crazy guy, you know. <laughs> He used to jump out of uh, planes for the for the army, went to go work for a um, few different companies and African chiefs in Nigeria. Traveled around solo in in, in um, Africa. Cra- crazy bloke, right? Lived out there for fifty five years, but yeah, he was like, yeah, this is purgatory, and basically we need to earn our right to either go up or down to make it really simplistic, right? And uh, yeah, when he when he ended up passing away, I kind of came to the conclusion of this theory finished the, the thought process as a theory of this last task because he finally looked after my grandma and, um, within two weeks he went from a healthy individual to a dead individual. Um, and you're like, Oh fuck, how can this, how can this happen? You know? And I, I think it's healthy to agree on conflicting points mm-hmm. because you're able to see the holes in your own thought and your own you know pedestal that we love to stand on right and be like fuck you people like I I know the whole thing I was like what no like are you, are you mental like nobody <laughs> yeah. none of this is guaranteed man we don't know for sure like you can have a thought process and a belief system and a faith-based system right which is what Religion is, which is what most things are. It's believing in something that is beyond ourselves. Great, fantastic. But if you can believe left, I mean, somebody else can believe right, you know, like it, they're going to be the same, but slightly different, you know, same, same, but different type stuff. And I like to sit on the fence um because I think there's a lot of beauty and a lot of lessons to be learned from all of them. And um, I do say that one day I will read the all the religious scripts from the main religions. You know, I'll read all the big books, but um I'm dyslexic as pissed, so it will take me a while. You know what I mean? I need to get my uh my reading skills up there <laughs> before I embark uh, on that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful perspective, just to be open minded and to be willing to learn and to hear people out. But it it's funny, I, I had a conversation um, with this girl that I just ran into, we didn't know each other. Um, she asked me about one of my tattoos, which does have, uh, originally it did have something to do with Christianity, but so it says it is well, which comes from a Christian hymn. Um, and it's actually in my mom's handwriting, but for me, it is well just means like, no matter what happens around me, it is well with my soul. Like I, I am in control my point is we have this conversation about it and I mentioned to her that it was originally or it comes from a Christian hymn and that I don't label myself as Christian. However, I I believe that there's there's so much beauty to to all different religions and that I'm I'm open minded and that I love to have conversations with people and I just want to hear people like I just wanna be open and to, to knowledge and new perspectives and Anywho, so even after having that conversation with her, a couple of days later, I got a text, um, a novel of a text about this and that Christian movie I should watch, this book I should read about how God's grace and Jesus's love is so good. And basically just trying to like beat me over the head with the Bible. And I ended up not responding because I didn't know how to kindly respond. And I am one of those people who say, you know, if it's it's not going to be nice, then I'm just going to leave it. Uh, Bless you. Thank you. But um, and I think that's that's the problem that I face with religion and not just in a Christian sense. It's when you are you have the audacity to think that you and your group of people who believe this thing are the only people who are right, which I think is a very cult mindset. And it's just wild to me that you can think you are so right that everybody else has to be wrong and that your life's mission is to get everybody else to believe what you believe rather than just having conversations with people and hearing them out and being open-minded and saying, if that works for you, if that makes your life better, amazing. This is what makes my life better. Amazing. Like we can still be friends and yeah, so I think my issue with all kinds of beliefs is when their entire life mission is to get everybody else to believe what they're believing, rather than just to like let it be and let people be happy. So yeah,
0: I think uh, a beautiful common trait that we all share is curiosity. You know, some just blunt it more than others, and I think if we just asked more questions and be open to it, you know, we would uh, we'd progress. Way further, you know, and we'd collaborate rather than cause conflict. And I'm I sorry. think, um, I think most of the time, in fact, I, I, think most of the time, if not all the time, the answer is in front of you. We just have to figure out the right question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, kind of do, uh, subscribe to the physics school of thought of the answer is the universe. We just have to figure out the question to ask it. You know, and I, I take that. And be like, okay, well, that could be the same in fitness, spirituality, you know, relationships, friendships, whatever, right? Business. I was like, oh, okay, that's the answer, but I don't understand the answer, so I got to figure out the right question to ask it. So then it all makes sense,
1: okay, right? Yeah,
0: and uh, I think about that quite quite regularly, right? But I also I watched a watched a bit of a documentary about you know uh, ancient time. Mm-hmm. Israel and the the Middle East and Palestine, which now we call Israel and Palestine, right? And Syria and Libya, but it's just a bunch of land, right? And it was like, well, there was three religions there, you know, Judaism, Christianity, and um, Islam. They're all in one spot. It's supposed to be the holy space. Okay, great. What was the language of the people? The language of the people was Aramaic, right? And they all referred to some sort of God-like being to be Allah, Right, and the pronunciation of that will be completely different. You know, I'm just a northern lad trying to bastardize this well in as little way as possible, right? But they, they referred to it as Allah, right? And essentially, translated from Arabic, that means God, you know, a God. That's why we all call the same thing different words, you know, because of the languages, because of the fragility of words, right? It's lost in translation because we're all saying the same fucking shit with different vibrations coming out of our mouth right and i think about it more than i should to be honest but i think about it
1: okay i understand (laughs) but
0: it's like what if this is just all a misunderstanding and all the crusades and all that type of nonsense we're all saying the same stuff and then guess what? We all go to our different environments, right? And we spin off different stories to try and relay of that I shall not kill neighbor. You know, if you've got a if you've got a neighbor and they're a happily married couple, probably don't try and fuck one of them, you know, don't steal from them. You know, simple yeah. stuff, right? You're like, ah, oh, this is probably not wise, right?
1: Being a good human. Probably not the best
0: thing to do. Yeah. And we all say it. And then eventually, we, everybody throws a bit more onto it and a bit more onto it, and then two thousand years later, yes, still fighting. Them. It's going to be a bit. It's Chinese whispers. It's going to be a bit yeah. bastardized, but there's still beauty in there, you know. There's still a lot of lessons. There's still a lot of beauty okay. within those those pages, and then, can we not just take that and like be like, well, that kind of seems a little nuts. I'm not going to do that one. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I
0: remember
1: taking. A class in college, um, I studied I studied English and history mm. in college. One of my history classes, we were learning about the Crusades and how uh, that's when the, the Christians and the Muslims had all those wars about the Holy Land. It was the Muslims, right? Am I remembering correctly? Mm. Um, and I remember just being so confused Because then we went and read some of like Muslim texts. And of course I I know a good bit of Christian texts just from growing up in that environment. And the stories are so similar and they're, they're so similar and the teachings are so similar. And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. So they're killing each other over this piece of land instead of just following these texts that they're apparently so committed to I just think a lot great I'm not the president I'm not I don't have the authority to make these decisions and I'm sure it's a lot more difficult than I'm making it sound but I just think a lot could be settled and a lot less wars would happen if people just weren't so prideful and greedy and Conceited, and it's just, it's wild to me. Mm.
0: You know, live and let live, man. You know, we've all got an angel and a devil within us. And if we take the accountability within our hands and be like, maybe I feel, feed that angel a little bit more than I feed the devil, you know, some at least 51% an all right person, you know, (laughs) then we're all going to do just fine, you know, and like traveling around and going to different countries and seeing different nationalities and languages and culture and all that. It's such a a privilege and a wonderful thing and a beautiful thing, right? Because you you speak to these individuals from different corners of the world and you see what they're actually like, right? You hear what they're actually like. You interact with them. You're like, I can't consider you family. And yet the flags that are associated with our passports would raise arms against each other. And you're like, this doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: No. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. It is that we've just, like, let it get to this, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah, and we b- believe everything that you, you're told, you know? Believe everything that you think. That's like, um, thoughts are like fucking water under the bridge, man. It changes every two seconds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know.
0: I think we have to take accountability to really dissect how we feel, really mm-hmm. dissect what we think, you know, have critical conversations with each other and be like, Hey, let's sit opposite each other at a table and put an object in the middle. And let's describe what you see from different perspectives. Cause I don't know, I'm not on your side of the frigging table. How am I supposed yeah. to speak for you? You know, and, um, I hate I hate to be that kind of corny guy, but that was coaching, man. Coaching has really, really taught me that. You know, you get sixteen people come into a room, and you know they place the uh, the trust of their physical and mental health for an hour in your hands, and you could know all the things in the world, but you're not going to know how they feel. So you just got to talk to them. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? You know, how's how's your mom, man? She's in. You know, rehab or something. I know your dog just uh talk to me those things, you know, just the the cooperation between people. It's such a powerful thing, right? I'm I'm not really political. Fuck, do you think what well, I don't know? I'm blonde, like I'm gonna make a lot of wrong decisions, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but person to person, you got so much power because you got power over you, and that's the only power that you need. And a lot of the time that's too much, you know, it's just Hey, let's figure out what we need to do here. Let's figure out uh, the the best things that we can give back, and let's try and do that.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Just I an idea.
1: That. Just an idea. Let's call the president. Yeah. Up, whoever, what are your leaders? I don't know. Uh, I. Don't, I need, speaking of culture, I need to learn more about other cultures. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't. I don't talk to those people, man. I don't give a fuck. Man. <laughs> You do your thing. I'll go talk to the homeless lad on the street. Like it's way more entertaining.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Hope I got. I got three questions.
1: All right, ask me.
0: What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received?
1: Oh my goodness, um, my dad. My dad's told me this since I was little. He said, "Uh, and I think think somebody else said it, and he just used it. Some like." popular person uh, but he says you can't become who you're meant to be by remaining where you are and mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful because I just I just always carried that with me of you can't become who you're meant to be by remaining where you are and where as in location but then also as in mindset like you can't stay in the same place and expect to become this highest version of yourself. Like you're always growing, you're always evolving, you're always changing, you're always moving, whether that be mental or physical, making these changes, making movements. Um, So yeah, you can't become who you're meant to be by remaining where you are.
0: I like that one a lot. Yeah. What's the worst piece of life advice you have received?
1: Hmm i would say that it's it's not it's not like a quote or words but when i was growing up i did gymnastics so that was from like age seven to like 12 so like five years of my life so seven year old to 12 year old and I remember the higher I got up into like the levels I started having to keep a food chart and they would have me track my food and all of it was about like, well, they would tell us that it was about, um, you know, like staying, like giving ourselves the right nutrition, nutrition, all of this stuff. And I would lie about it all the time. I would write like carrots when I was eating Oreos on the way to practice. Like my mom would pick me up from school. She packed me a little lunchbox with like a turkey sandwich and Oreos. So I'm, you know, eating Oreos because I'm eight years old mm. and going to gymnastics practice and then writing carrots on my food chart. And I think that that in a way, like they were trying to like give me life advice of like how to be healthy, how to be, you know, do well for your body. And then in reality I'm lying about what I'm eating. And so food becomes this, this like enemy, in a sense, I have to lie about it, I have to be secretive about it. Like, I just, I think that's where like, a lot of the stuff that I struggled with in high school, kind of started building. So yeah, I guess, to like, compress that in a way that answers your question, it's like, the life advice they were trying to teach me was how to be healthy. Yeah. And um, it just created this terrible relationship with food.
0: Yeah. And so. then going back to earlier conversation, right, with orthorexia, that's legit. You know, it's something that's swept under the rug a lot. It's like, oh, it's not anorexia. I oh, get out of here. It's like, it, no, it's, yeah. it, it's still there, dude. You know, like it's still a it's still a big issue. Um, and a lot of ladies and men struggle with that, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I got a good friend of mine, Jason Wood. He wrote a book about it of the male perspective going through that uh called starving for survival and um it's a great book man you know it's it's really cool that it gained a little bit of traction you know of like well let's 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 help a lot of folk who may have been or still are going through something like this you know let's let's turn the page rather than no, it has to be a meal plan and all this through sport right it's like nah this it's different ways different body types different things are going to work guys
1: yeah no that's the thing like the guys struggle with it too i think we all think that it's like just a female issue Mm -hmm. but like it's a human issue because all like have this desire to meet expectation and we base our worth on physical qualities and yeah and so especially people in who are interested in health and wellness and and fitness and sport and yeah it becomes this like oh like my worth and how good i am depends on what i'm eating and how often i'm working out and then then it becomes obsessive then it becomes unhealthy yeah. and and uh, yeah so
0: yeah i agree last question what are the three right. words you'd tell you tell your younger yourself
1: Three words I would t- three words I would tell my younger self yeah in like in three words or three separate words
0: you can have whatever
1: you like <laughs> this is where the creative creativity has to come in okay um stay curious mm. okay that's my that's two that takes up two words stay curious. Now, I got to think of a really good one-worder. Um, stay curious. Breathe. Mm. As I always tell myself, if I would just take six deep breaths, like I'm in a bad headspace where I'm tempted to do something that's not going to benefit me in the long run, take six deep breaths, and you'll change your mind. Because mm. Six deep breaths resets the nervous system, resets your brain. You can see things from the future perspective than you did in that present moment when you were going to make a decision that was going to harm you in the long run. So stay curious, breathe.
0: I like that a lot, Mike. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. This has been an honor, a privilege.
1: Oh, same here. Same here. I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate talking shit, you know, and uh, hearing a different perspective from over the pond.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right, we'll have to Easy. do it again sometime. You're uh, more than welcome. Seats always at the table.
1: I'd love to. I'd love to. I'll
0: let you All know right. if I'm ever knocking around in Colorado.
1: All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll let you know if I'm ever over the pond, <laughs> New Zealand, Manchester, wherever you end up.
0: I'll be somewhere. I'll be, you know. be dotting around <laughs> in like Uganda. Like, what the fuck are you doing over uh, there? I was like, I don't know. Got uh, on the wrong plane.
1: <laughs> all right. right.
0: You have a good day and I uh, will speak soon.
1: Sounds good.
0: All right, mate. Take it easy. Bye. Bye, everybody.